Let's talk some more earnings. Rivian trying to get some relief in the aftermarket after getting pounded coming into this report. Kevin Green and George Tillis are with us this afternoon. All right, guys, uh, welcome to the show. Grapes, uh, fruits, uh, and uh, lemons and limes. Let's talk some cars. Um, well, George, what's Rivian got to do to get out of the doghouse? That's just how I'm going to open up every segment now when we're talking about companies that are down 75% plus. I, what are we at now, like uh, 80 90% Rivian? Uh, 20 bucks off 150 uh, Where does that put us? 88% down from the high. Yeah, it's in the high 80s, somewhere in there, if my math serves me correct, OJ. But look, you know, the operational challenges, that's where Rivian faces some challenges. I mean, it's its a real product. I've seen these uh, these things driving around. So uh, they're producing uh, automobiles, and the expectations really matter for a company like this because they are losing money. But uh, effectively, as long as top-line sales start increasing or the rate of change greater than the uh, the operating costs, costs or the losses, uh, then, then ideally speaking, it should find a, a tradable bottom, but there are still some operational challenges. They actually missed the earnings estimates. Uh, it looks like they came in around 177 a share versus the uh, $1.44 estimate. And also, here's the thing, the adjusted EBITDA loss was a, was a billion, uh, 1.15 billion. Now compare that to last year, it's greater in terms of a loss of 400 million, but sales are greater. So that this is the key. If they can actually show guidance in terms of sales that are that are starting to improve, we see the rate of change in the operating losses become less prevalent. That's what Wall Street wants to see. But again, you know, you have to think about the overarching environment right now. Extremely challenging. I mean, this is a this has been a death knell for a lot of these stocks that are down, as you mentioned, in case of Rivian, close to 90 percent off the highs. Okay, uh, 25,000 vehicles. Kevin, you think that's going to be enough to sustain uh, the expectations? Uh, you know, we're far, far off from Tesla levels, but they're also far, far off from uh, Tesla costs, I think. I I'm not sure at this point kind of uh, what their runway looks like for cash. Yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach here. I think it's going to be production numbers, and that's really what the street's going to look for. Just okay. like with Tesla, ever since it was at $200, we were looking at uh, the production numbers. That's what really mattered. Um, the other stuff, you know, you can make a case for uh, having, you know, low cash flow. You can have a case for all of those other items. If you were a true believer, all you needed to believe in is that the production was going to continue to increase. Rivian's going to need to have about 6,700 cars a quarter uh, on average each quarter to be able to hit their target and i think that's actually why you're seeing the, st the stock spike actually right now because the earnings weren't that great but if they reaffirmed their production numbers if they're confident they can hit it um i think that's why the street's saying okay we're going to give you another shot here it doesn't also give you a lot of confidence that you're seeing uh you know four back out i think uh jp morgan had some some customers that backed out uh from their shares in rivian as well that's not really good when you had this lock in lock up period uh uh, you know, end. So overall, I think it's going to be production numbers. I'm still a little bit skeptical about the stock at this point in time. Okay. So uh, the rate of production, the uh, investment behind it, when we saw the uh, Ford pull out, uh, that seemed to put some fear into this. Uh, does the stock price matter for the success of the company? How intertwined are they, George, if it comes down to share issuance or debt financing? Uh, how important is the actual stock to the company? Is there any of that reverse osmosis happening here? 
I don't necessarily think the price really matters. Okay. I, I think it really comes down to just to add to, to what was said just a moment ago is production. You have to achieve some sort of economies of scale. In other words, our top line sales growing fast enough to offset the fact that your cost of goods sold are starting to start, starting to diminish. Again, Tesla, you know, went through that. They actually broke out of that and, and found positive economies of scale. This was actually when they broke out uh, prior to the to the pandemic. So it can happen eventually for a company like Rivian, but there are still challenges for the company. Now, looking at last quarter, the uh, the adjusted losses from an operational standpoint were 1.23 billion. They just reported 1.14. That's better than they, where they were uh, again last quarter. But at the same time, I didn't look at the share dilution. I'm assuming that there has been quite a bit of share dilution in that time frame as well. So I think the production numbers are extremely important for a company like Rivian. Uh, you know, aside from that, price really doesn't matter, but it's still trading at a lofty, you know, price to sales ratio when it comes down to, you know, sales overall less than a billion dollars per year, but it's trading at a $26 billion market cap. So again, you know, that's on a trailing basis. That's still quite lofty, especially in this market environment. It might've been different if this was, uh, let's say a year and a half ago, we may have seen a different story for Rivian in terms of price performance, but but right now, I suggest it's probably going to be under pressure just because of the economies of scales. It, it just hasn't achieved the scalability yet, but you know it may one day. Okay, all right. Uh, so scalability. Uh, when we look at some of the other stuff uh, today and this afternoon, it seems like you know scalability is a welcome problem to have. <laughs> We've got Coinbase having existential problems. Uh, you've got Beyond Meat having uh, possibly operational problems. Uh, Beyond Meat down to $19 after closing at 26 had already been thrashed uh, plenty already. I mean, it just is kind of looking like this is never ending right now. Not trying to, uh, you know, induce fear, panic, but uh, there are so few things working in this market, and today's sell-off was uh, unrelenting. Uh, Kevin, thoughts? I completely agree with you. I mean, if you're seeing the sell-off in the VIX, pretty much went nowhere. Yeah, yeah what does that day, mean? It's really some law. Oh, I'm sorry. What does that mean? That's crazy. Yeah, VIX was down. Yeah, yeah. So you're really what that means from a wholesale is that you're not seeing a lot of hedges being placed in the market. So if you're not hedging your bets, um, then you're selling. You're selling your positions. These are long sellers that are getting out, and that's a little bit concerning. You would like to see a spike in the VIX to see some hedges being placed, maybe some bottoms being picked out. But at this point in time, if you're still moving out uh, down a, a one and a half percent, two percent, and a VIX is still at 34, even when you started the day uh, at 34, that's not really good. So we have some long sellers getting in there. I'm not sure where the bottom's going to be from a technical standpoint. That 4,000 level was holding up fairly strong. Let's see if it's going to be able to rebound back up to those levels but it's really hard to try to use technicals at this point in time because mm. just a lot of the fundamentals are just breaking down man okay all right uh, thanks well said uh, kevin green george tillis appreciate you guys that's it for us here on market on close